Welcome to This is a Story, a podcast about the June 22nd, 2021 referendum at Grand Forks Public Schools. I'm your host, Tracy Jentz, Communications and Community Engagement Coordinator at Grand Forks Public Schools. The referendum is the first for Grand Forks Public Schools in several decades. The referendum includes two questions, a bond for up to $86 million for school improvement projects and a 10 mil increase in the building fund. This referendum will impact every school facility in the city of Grand Forks for years to come. This podcast will provide information only and will share the perspectives of those involved in the process leading up to the referendum. Episodes will cover the aspects of finance, facilities, safety and security, and more. We hope you will follow along on this journey. Are you ready for our guests to tell their stories? Dr. Tricia Lee has been the Executive Director of Special Education at Grand Forks Public Schools since the summer of 2013. Prior to working with the school system, Tricia spent over 12 years at the University of North Dakota as an assistant professor and clinical supervisor in the special education program area and in the teaching and learning department. She has also been a special education teacher in Grand Forks Public Schools. Trisha will soon complete her chapter at Grand Forks Public Schools and will serve as the next Chief Executive Officer of Development Homes, Inc., which serves to improve the quality of life for individuals with developmental disabilities. Trisha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to visit with you and excited to share some of this great information, um, needed information with our community as well. This podcast centers around the concept of storytelling and encourages guests to share their perspective on the upcoming referendum. Trisha, are you ready to tell the story? Absolutely. So first, let's give some background on the Grand Forks Special Education Unit. You presented to the task force just over a year ago now on April 23rd. Some important pieces of information I feel that I took away and for our listeners to know is the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act of 1975, which is referred to IDEA or IDEA, provides that all children with disabilities have available to them a free, appropriate public education referred to as FAPE that meets their individual needs. IDEA requires a continuum of services, alternative placements, and supplemental services. There are over a dozen occupations in our school system that work within special education. There are 13 disability categories, and least restrictive environment, or LRE, ensures that students with disabilities are educated with their non-disabled peers to the maximum extent appropriate and is based on individual student needs. In the presentation, you shared some future needs of the special education unit. I'd like to share a few and ask you to expand on each. So one of them was the physical plant needs should be addressed in order to expand program placement and development. Could you share a little bit more about that concept and where that would go in the future um, at Grand Forks Public Schools? Mm -hmm. One of the things I had talked about in the presentation included streamlining our services Mm -hmm. to have more Mm -hmm. of a site-based service delivery when we can. We have a lot of related service providers, occupational therapists, physical therapists, and they are traveling between buildings and oftentimes this takes a lot of time out of their day. In addition, since they are working in so many buildings, oftentimes they're finding workspaces each time that they go. They might have a designated area identified, but then oftentimes that is being used for other purposes at the time too. So if we could have more of a site-based model, such as an early childhood center where a number of classrooms are located to alleviate just that travel time, or if we do have the K 
through eight building model, I think that would really be helpful in, in having people deliver services in, in one location. Another suggestion that was included in the presentation was space needs within building themselves are a factor as we continue to add students and programs. So you touched on that a little bit previously, but talking about space again throughout the school system, it seems to be that some of our special education providers, and that's occupational therapists, physical therapists, audiologists, school psychologists, and more, are just finding spaces, but there may not be something dedicated for them in each building is what I'm hearing. That's accurate. One of the things that we notice too is just the idea of some of the activities that they are conducting. For example, school psychologists, the evaluations that they are conducting with students should be in a quiet area with little distractions. And a lot of times they're using other people's spaces and being interrupted and things like that. So it's making a difference in just the quality of the evaluation process. And oftentimes we're needing to start over or find another space. So it does get to be a little bit difficult with some of those processes. And that makes sense because when you go back and look at the IDEA is mm-hmm. 1975 mm-hmm. and many of our buildings were yes. built prior to that. Yep. And so when you think about the law and maybe mm-hmm. some of the things that changed at that time, yep. the disability categories or what are the needs in students that has changed over time and that's Mm -hmm. probably changed since Mm -hmm. the the blueprint of that building was created so there's only so much you can do within the confines of the walls yeah absolutely so something else we have talked about and i know that you presented to the task force as well that the number of students needing special education services will likely continue to increase addressing Mm -hmm. high caseload numbers through staffing and programs will be important Could we talk a little bit about that as well, the increase that you've seen in the number of students and the caseloads as well? One of the things that I had been tracking was just that increase. Even over the last five years, we have almost 300 more students in special ed than we did. It's a combination of factors that are contributing to this. It's a lot of younger students being identified at an earlier age than we had seen in the past, at least doubling our early childhood special education numbers. We also have more numbers in the area of emotional disturbance, other health impaired, just some of those disabilities that used to be be more of a a low incidence or lower numbers are now really on the climb. Autism, for example, is another area where we're seeing quite an increase. There's a variety of factors, I believe, that are contributing to this. We're learning more and knowing more, and just even in the medical field, we're able to save more babies than we were in the past, which is really phenomenal. But then we also notice that there's more significant disabilities at the same time. So that's part of it. We also have a lot of students who who are moving into our area from other areas of the country, a lot of open enrollment from other districts so that we do see more numbers in special education. Something else that we're seeing that is a real change is there's more what's called comorbidity in disability where it's not just one area that you are identified in. There might be another area where you're struggling. So you might have a disability, a learning disability, for example, but also some mental health needs or possibly emotional disturbance and autism. So it's becoming more complex and more of a combined need that students have. 
to go back to one of the points that I had shared at the beginning is that mm-hmm. the IDEA requires a continuum of services, mm-hmm. alternative placements, and supplemental services. Right. And so when talking about some of our students and some of the needs that they have, mm-hmm. it's finding space, having mm-hmm. space, including them in the classroom as much as possible right. according to their individualized education plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then adding on to that the least restrictive environment that right. they need to be educated with their non-disabled peers. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to have everybody in the same location, but sometimes if Mm -hmm. I'm understanding this correctly, there might need to be pulled out to have some sort of time with a occupational therapist or the audiologist Mm -hmm. and then spend time back in their classroom. So there's additional people that are needed as the numbers would increase. Mm -hmm. Um, So additional members of the education unit, but then the space needs going back to that Mm -hmm. as well. Yep, that's correct. So the task force brought forth several solutions to the Grand Forks School Board at its meeting on December 17th, including special education and medically fragile student spaces are not acceptable in some schools and require improvement. Some learning spaces are not adequate to meet student needs. Some special needs spaces do not allow for student dignity and privacy, for example, changing spaces. Some learning spaces are not equitable to regular education spaces, for example, occupational therapy, physical therapy, and mental health. Can you speak to some of the facility limitations that we currently have in the school system and how that impacts our students? When I think the place to start is thinking about students in special education are first and foremost students in the Grand Forks schools. Mm -hmm. So it isn't that you are a student with special education first. You are a regular ed Grand Forks student first and foremost. So I think that's really important when thinking about that equity piece. They're already a part of everything that we're doing and all of the classrooms rooms. And so that's something I really want to point out as we start to talk about that. And just thinking about limitations in some of the current spaces. One of the things we've really noticed is just that growth over time in a short amount of time, like we had talked about already. One of the things that we're faced with is oftentimes our spaces are dictated by what's available in a building and not dictated by what is the best environment for a program or for students. So an example of that might be an autism classroom where it would be ideal to have a full-size classroom and capability within that room to create individualized spaces for students. And we might end up with a classroom that's a little bit smaller and students who are not having that individual space as much as we would like to see. Some of our medically fragile classrooms, we always need to make sure there's a, a bathroom included and we have access to that. One of our middle school classrooms right now, I think is the one that might've been referred to in the presentation. We actually have a pretty large storage room area that's adjacent to the classroom. And in order to give the students dignity and privacy, we've had to create a space within that area for a changing table and a curtained off area so that they can have um, some privacy in some of the toileting needs where it would have been ideal to have an ensuite bathroom and just have that capability right on site. So it's a situation where we've taken a full-size classroom where we have room for equipment and and for the students, but we just need that bathroom to be more accessible and available. We've made the best of what we can 
do with the spaces that we have. But like you had said, the buildings were built after the IDEA. So a lot of these mandates were in place after the buildings had already been formatted the way that they were. Part of it too might be, do I graduated high school in 2003 mm-hmm. and some of my classmates were pulled out. Right. And so we didn't really get to spend the time together. Mm-hmm. And so even when I'm thinking, when I started this job, and this is going to be an assumption on others mm-hmm. on my part, mm-hmm. but I think there's a large group of us who didn't experience this right. and so who maybe don't even understand mm-hmm. about the number of medically fragile students that we have in the school sure. system mm-hmm. and some of the needs that they have. Mm-hmm. Then going back to FATE, the free and appropriate mm-hmm. education, they are our students and they yes. need to be here as well mm-hmm. because a lot of us didn't have experience with that in our primary or right. secondary education. Mm-hmm. We might not have that understanding. The students would now. That's exactly right. I am looking at the map right now of the proposed facility projects, and there are a Mm -hmm. lot of areas that special education would be improved on. Mm -hmm. So looking at Ben Franklin Elementary, it would be for special education in addition to learning environment improvements for grades three through five. Century Elementary would have modernized special education spaces, so that would update finishes and room layouts. Schrader Middle School, which I believe is one of the middle schools that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. or I think the task force talked quite in detail about, was renovating the special education space spaces Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So that's providing that restroom that would be closer to where the classroom is, improving the learning environment and the pick up and drop off. Grand Fork Central High School, think about coming into the building there. It's not ADA accessible Mm -hmm. in door number one. Yes. Um, So this would be building an addition there to add a secure entry with ADA accessibility. Mm -hmm. J. Nelson Kelly Elementary, repurposing old storage for occupational physical therapy Mm -hmm. and updating a room there for special education services. Uh, Several schools, restrooms uh, to be upgraded for ADA compliance. So again, I think a a big part Mm -hmm. of that is going in our schools and even just looking at the size of the doorways mm-hmm. and knowing you need at least 36 inches but that is just maybe for a wheelchair to get through then you need to add on some additional of inches for you to be able to get in and out of the facility mm-hmm. which again when you're working with an existing blueprint mm-hmm. sometimes you can do that and sometimes you can't Phoenix Elementary renovating to create a physical occupational therapy sensory and adaptive physical education spaces and Phoenix is one of our schools that has the early childhood special education Mm -hmm. program, correct? Mm -hmm. Red River High School would be a restroom in the basement and some other modernizations. And then again, looking at some of our elementary schools with some of the restroom modifications. A lot of changes potentially coming to the Mm -hmm. school system if the referendum were to pass. Mm -hmm. We had talked about the students. What Mm -hmm. is this like for our educators? And just thinking about some of those improvements, and we talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. how that could impact the student and of course that impacts families. What is that like for some of your staff members when they don't have the space to be able to carry out their daily tasks? Well, I think it gets to be a challenge. They want to provide the best possible learning environment for students. And I think sometimes it's a matter of um, there's a lot of real creativity going into it. There's a lot of collaboration, working with other service providers to to say, okay, are you using your space at this particular time? Could I ever come in and run my session in your classroom? I think it would make a huge difference to them just to know they have a designated space. The facility is conducive to the work that they need to do. I think 
one of the things that's really important for special ed is the, we call them the prongs of eligibility for special education. And it isn't just that students have a disability, it's that they need that specialized instruction and that, that special education service. So I think staff sometimes are concerned about their ability to provide that within the current settings that they have. So I think it would really make a difference to them in knowing that they're providing quality services under the IDEA. I think in my time here too, so it's been close to eight and a half years we came mm -hmm. on around mm -hmm. the same time. We've had to move some programs as yes. well because of growth and I'm thinking specifically mm -hmm. about the early childhood special right. education. Yep. Could you talk a little bit about that and your experience mm -hmm. with that and the time here? Because I imagine sure. as the student numbers have grown, then yes. the programs have shifted between buildings that have space. Mm. And that's something that comes up every year at this time or even as we get closer to August, we're having to move those classrooms quite a bit. Adding classrooms, as you said, because of our enrollment. And right now, because of West not being online anymore, we had had a number of early childhood classrooms within that building, and then they were temporarily housed at Discovery, and now we know we need to move them again. So we're looking for basis for a variety of those programs. And I think that gets to be really a challenge for those teachers because they're sort of nomads a little bit just packing up and moving to the next destination and and just that idea of some of them are are the only early childhood classroom in a building while others might be in a building with three so it makes the difference in how much interaction and collaboration they can have with colleagues it's, it's difficult when you're the singleton in a building and you don't really have someone that you can be working alongside so we would really like to be able to have them housed in one location just to give them that efficient and access to colleagues and just the ability to be more efficient with staff. And I think about paraeducators, we always have shortages and challenges in that area. And I think if we had people in one setting, in one building, it would be very easy to share some staff when needed. And that would make a huge difference in making everyone more efficient and, and better outcomes for students because of it. And I also think about our STEP program, mm -hmm. and that's had a few moves in the time, yes. this time as well. And we were utilizing space in the Grand Forks Herald building, right. which, as I understand it, was a phenomenal location because mm -hmm. of its proximity yes. to Grand Forks yes, Central High School. Um, so we'll be looking for a space mm -hmm. for that, just how things happen yep. in the future as well. To have a program like that, and sometimes, if I understand correctly, it could be dozens of students, mm -hmm. depending mm -hmm. on the needs and the time of year. Yeah. But to be able to find a space mm -hmm. again within an existing building mm -hmm. really hasn't been something we've been able to do because of right. the footprint. That's right. So that might be mm -hmm. something also to look at into the mm -hmm. future. So thinking about proposed combined K-8 campus, mm -hmm. if I understand correctly, would that be something where we would have less of the nomad teachers <laughs> needing to travel yes. and maybe there'd mm -hmm. be a little bit more opportunity for more classrooms, more collaboration? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's the goal. We would love to see that. I can speak a little bit to that just from an observational point of view, mm -hmm. being on the team that helped form Discovery Elementary. Mm -hmm. Just the thought that can go into a blueprint right. of what works best for kids mm -hmm. and the location of the programs. And I mm -hmm. think when West went offline and those um, students came over to Discovery, yes. it just also made so much sense. And it made mm -hmm. me smile just because of the amount of thought and conversation mm -hmm. that went into the blueprint of that right. building, being mm -hmm. able to kind of house multiple people together and have mm -hmm. that collaborative. So that yep. might be something that the next <laughs> executive director of special right. education would be able to have his or her fingerprints on mm -hmm. as well moving yes. forward. I think that would be really critical.
Finally, the Fast Five. This is a short segment inspired by the essential elements of a story and influenced by a series of questions from Inside the Actors Studio, a television show hosted by the late James Lipton. Trisha, are you ready for the Fast Five? Yes, I am. Question number one, the author. What is one piece of advice you would give to a younger version of yourself? I think it would be, it's all about relationship. That's something that I've really learned over time in in a 26 year career in education. Just that idea of whether it's working with a student or working with parents or colleagues, it all comes down to that. People really don't care what you know until they know you care. So I think that piece has been pivotal and very important for me. And I think things are getting more complex in the world and in education. And if you can establish those relationships, you're going to go a long way in moving forward together. So I guess that's that's what I would tell myself and focus on. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. Question number two, the setting. What is one song that makes you turn up the volume in your car? Mm, that's a good one. I would say anything by Mercy Me. I oh. love that band. Mm-hmm. Really good. I like the the song Say I Won't. It's oh, a I great anthem, I think, for special ed and for, for many things in life. So I would say Mercy Me. Question three, the characters. What other job in the school system would you like to try for one day? I think it would be working in early childhood special education rooms. I actually spent some time when I was at UND in a practicum in an early childhood room and I almost changed my major because I loved working with the littles. (laughs) So I think I would definitely do that. It's, It's fun to get in there and see the joy and excitement that they bring. So that's what I would do. Question four, the plot twist. Share a problem or issue you've experienced in this position and how you worked to address it. Well, there's been lots of opportunities for for plot twists over the last eight years in special education. It's been exciting. I would say one of the things would be trying to find a solution to the school site shortage. We have had, when you think about the tremendous growth that we have experienced in our special education numbers over time, a lot of those instances have involved evaluation or direct work by our school site group and they do a lot every day but one of the things we've tried to add to our ranks in that area and it's been really hard to find qualified candidates because the universities that run those programs are turning out less candidates. So for us, it was hard just to find people for those spots. So recently I had worked with a company that we were able to contract with from another state and someone actually moved here to work with us and that was exciting. And then we still needed a little bit more support in that area. So I did some networking with some local psychologists and made a creative arrangement. So I think it's been good to just build networks in that area and and find a way to provide those essential services for students. So I guess that would have been one of the things that I was proud of in in having helped solve that at least somewhat. Put a lot of time and effort into that Mm -hmm. because I know in talking with my school communications Mm -hmm. colleagues, this is something that's not just isolated Mm -hmm. to our school system, our state, or our region. Mm -hmm. This is being felt throughout the United States. Yep, everywhere. Question five, the resolution. What Mm -hmm. are three takeaways you would like listeners to remember from today's episode? I think um, first and foremost is that equity piece and how we talked about students in special education are first and foremost students of the Grand Forks schools and just that idea of that equal facilities, equal opportunities to things is really, really essential. So that's something I really wanna 
hit home for people to be thinking about that. And then just that idea of the streamlining of services and locations that we talked about, that can make such a difference in the amount of time that can be devoted to services and also just a cost savings also for the travel and the things in between that go on can make really good use of our time for our related service providers and and just that collaboration aspect for teachers working with service providers also. So I think that streamlining piece and looking at that as much as we can is really important. And then I think just thinking about, I talked before about the prongs of special education, how you have to have a disability and you have to need those specialized services. But I think really thinking about that those services are required. And since we do have to look at that equity piece, we need to make sure that we're, we're providing high quality services and that students are getting what they need under the IDEA. And one of the things that I always think about is asking WH questions like who, what, when, where, how even, just thinking about services um, and asking all of those questions every time for every student. How are we making sure that the services are appropriate in all of those things? So I think that's something else to be just thinking about that these services are required and need to be high quality and I think that looking at all these pieces will really help deliver that in the end. Well thank you very much for Mm -hmm. being a champion of all of our students and especially our Mm -hmm. students who need special education services. Absolutely. My pleasure. And Trisha thank you for being a guest on This is the Story. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of This is the Story. Remember subscribe to our podcast and share your takeaways. For more information on Grand Forks Public Schools referendum please visit our website, www.gfschools.org slash referendum. I'm Tracy Jens. Happy storytelling.